we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, ah, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckadelics? What the fuck sticks? I don't know if that's a good one. I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. How are you? How is it going? I'm up early here. I'm going to Buffalo uh, for tonight's show. So if you're in Buffalo or the surrounding area, I will be at Helium Comedy Club. If you'd like to do that, I'll be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. think I'm going to rent a car. That's a big choice sometimes when I go on the road. Is uh, I could take the cab to the hotel and then have whatever... Whoever, whatever's going to happen, unfold and be stranded at that hotel. Or I can rent a car and usually in a bigger city or a smaller city. I mean, it's uh, not that much money. And then I can leave. It's nice to know you can leave the hotel and not be stranded. That's part of having a job where you spend a lot of time on the road is that panic of being stranded on Hotel Island with nothing to do with but wander around the hotel or sit in your room or perhaps if you're in the in a discipline mode you could find yourself alone there in the hotel exercise room there's a proud moment you're doing what you got to do but you don't realize exactly what you look like until you walk by somebody in a hotel exercise room and see that existential sadness of that uh of that vignette someone on the treadmill in a Small hotel exercise room. It, there's no other way to look at it other than like, well, there's there's something poignant and tragic about what's happening in there. But if you're that guy in that treadmill, you're like, fuck this, man. I'm getting it done. I'm not going to let the road kill me. I'm not just going to lay in my room and eat Subway sandwiches or Chipotle burritos and masturbate on my downtime. No, sir. I'm going to go down to that one treadmill exercise room. I'm going to bring my towel. And I'm going to do the business. I'm going to put my 30 to 40 minutes in. And hope that fucking TV works that they have suspended over that old machine. I wonder if I could do this. I know a lot of people listen to this show on a treadmill. Could I do this show on a treadmill? Kristen Shaw is on the show today. Kristen Shaw who I've known for years, I finally get to talk to. What a sweet person who I think you would, uh, when you hear her story, you would think, of course, of course that's where she comes from. Of course that makes sense. I've got to reconcile the difference between time in my head and time in real life. Things have already happened and are happening very quickly in my head, but nothing is changing outside here. There's a, I, I'm so, I have a curtain rod that I haven't put up in a year. There's shit around the house I haven't done in a year. But in my head, it's like, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to the gym. Nope, it's not happening. I process it all in my head. Same with the aging thing. Whatever I'm thinking or whatever I'm feeling, the, the, the pace of time is different inside my mind than it is in reality. There's something about the time in, in, in my head 
you know, versus reality. Here's what I'm talking about. Like, there's a lot of things I want to do. There's a lot of things I want to get done. These are practical things. These are just household things. These are relationship things. These are emotional things. But there seems to be this wall. There seems to be this place where I just stop. I hit it. It's sort of like, you know, I want to be capable of uh, trust, intimacy, uh, caring in a, in a way that, you know, I haven't experienced before, but I have a little fear. What's that fear? I don't know. You, I'm just stuck. I'm a little stuck. You know, I want to fix my house. I want to, you know, put that curtain rod up. I want to, you know, you know, clean that thing up. I want to go to the gym. Why am I stuck? What do I got to do to get through this invisible fucking wall? No matter how much I grow or no matter how much my mind changes about things or no matter how capable I become, I keep hitting this sort of like invisible, like, why can't I just open my my heart or take the action or do what's necessary to get through this weird and invisible fucking wall and then one day a guy who looks a lot like me just kicks me in the ass and i go flying through it and i stay on the other side of that thing for as long as i can that day is coming on a couple of levels i'll let you know how that goes I'm gonna be on letterman next week i'm gonna be doing panel on letterman and i gotta figure out a story what am I talking about? Some guy just gave me a, a guitar pick made out of records. And I like it. That seems to make some sense to me. I got a vinyl guitar pick. Just me in a room with my vinyl. Perhaps I'll have a video screen there. On Monday, the 400th episode of WTF with a guest that I've been trying to get for years and a guy I've been a fan of for years who came to my garage and uh, I was actually incredibly nervous more so than probably ever, which was weird because it turned out to be one of the most relaxing interviews I've ever had. And uh, he was shirtless, and that's all I'm going to give you. Right now, let's talk to Kristen Shaw, the amazing uh, comedic actress. Do you want to wear ed- headphones? Are you going to wear them? Yeah. Then, yeah. Is that good? Yeah. How's that? Can you move that closer, you think? You want me to? Yeah. How's that? Do you feel good about it? I think I feel good about it. Yeah? I feel nervous because I don't talk to you that much. Well, I mean... Do you, and uh, now we're talking, but yeah. with all kinds of equipment. I know, but do you have people that you actually talk to a lot? I mean, do you have people that you sit down <laughs> and talk to for an hour? I mean, is there time for that in our lives? Not anymore. I and mean, I don't like talking on the phone. Really? No one does anymore, it seems. What, what is it? That is the first 100 episodes of WTF on a DVD. But there's no artwork on it. There is if you hold it to the light right. It's in there, I think. Oh. Isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting artwork in the black. In the darkness, there are things. I see what you're going for. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? No, seriously, though. Who do you talk to? Like, I know you're, Kurt, you're friends with Kurt Bronner and you guys do comedy together, but do you, like, say, like, hey, Kurt, I need to talk to you for an hour? Not for an hour, but if I have anything on my mind, I will uh, call Kurt. Like, I've got a great thing where I just, like, anything, especially, like, career-wise, I yeah. just be like, this is awful, right? And yeah. he'll, he'll usually, he'll always be on my side about it. And what about the husband? You don't talk to him at all? No, I always talk to him, too. But he's just sort of there. He's always there. Yeah, and that gets tiring. But it's nice to, it's nice to have someone outside of the, the, of the husband, of too. The, of the horrible situation? Oh, man. I <laughs> wish it could be. Who's this? Jessica, I didn't know you had a girlfriend. I got a girlfriend. Yeah, I've had her for, she's been around for a while few years really mm-hmm. and and when did you guys move in together 
That's what, I don't know. I think that was like six months ago. It's unclear. I, you know, dates are not for me. You know, I know that we've been together about three years. I've known him for about three years and we've been together a couple of years. How long have you been married? You just got married, right? September. So that's fresh. It is fresh, but we were, to, we've been together for five years. Five years? Yeah. And what, what kind of wedding? It was. Was it silly? It was a little silly. We had two llamas in our bridal party. A little silly? You had two llamas? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mean the animal? Yeah. Because we got married in Colorado at the at the Stan, the Stanley Hotel in yeah. Estes Park, and um, there's llamas everywhere. The so. Stanley Hotel, mm-hmm, where, where is... Stephen King wrote The Shining. Really? Yes. So you had llamas, and you you got married at a haunted at the Overlook. Yes. Did Did you see that uh, documentary Room Two Thirty Six? No. You should watch it. Why? What is it? It's just a, a some crazy fans who think that Stanley Kubrick, who is a very brilliant genius filmmaker, but yeah. they think that he left all sorts of codes in The Shining about mm-hmm. like whether or not we actually landed on the moon and like just all these crazy things, and it's. It's just cool because uh, the the narration of the, the interviews with people is done as a voiceover. So you never get to see who's talking, which I think was smart. And then also it's just like, it's fun that people think they can find little Easter eggs and things. You yeah. know, it's nice that people are like. Did you buy it? I rented it on Apple. But did you buy the premise? I mean, were you like, huh, maybe this is like, that's sort of the purpose. I mean, challenging your own perception. Yeah. <laughs> no. Did anything weird happen outside of llamas? And like, I mean, did you stay the night for like for, or the week there when you got yeah. married? Yeah, I was hoping that we would have some sort of like, uh, you know, free entertainment, and, and our guests would get like terrorized by ghosts. But yeah, right. Like, like twins, happen. twin girls. No twin girls showed up. No blood out of the elevators. Nope, just a bunch of elk like, oh. blocking the doorway. So it, has, it wasn't snowed yeah. in yet. Not yet. Oh. So wait, okay, so you grew up in Colorado, is that right? Yes. I knew that because I read it. Yeah, did you do your research about me? Not much, not much. Are you recording now? Yeah. Oh, God. What happened? You didn't know we were recording? No, I knew. I just don't (laughs) double check. (laughs) You wanted to make sure sure we got all that, all those gems? I am really nervous about your, I told people I was going to do your podcast, and we've been trying to podcast. Yeah. For years. Me and you. And it just Has never worked. Years. With live ones and then you couldn't show up. I did one live one at, com- oh, yeah, that's at com- right. Comics. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So much has changed. You're <laughs> married now. You've got a living girlfriend. Yeah. Do you think you're going to marry her? Probably. I mean, what else are you going to do? She's cute. Yeah. She's like a Lisa Loeb. Yeah, she's cute. She's younger than me. She wants a baby. I think maybe all those things might happen. Yeah. You, you want to have, have a baby? baby? Uh, do, Jake, do you want to have, have a baby? Do you, you want to have, have a baby? baby? <laughs> I kind yeah, I, I think I'm ready. I mean, I'm, I got to do it now, so I'm not a hundred. Yep, yep. And you you got young sperm, like before your sperm gets like crotchety. Is that what's going to happen? People are already scaring me about my sperm. Here, I thought that you know, sperms just you know they stay fresh. There's a turnover that the machine that makes the sperm doesn't go bad. Oh yeah, but it does. You've heard things. Well, okay, I haven't really dug into it, but yeah. there, but there is some studies that say that perhaps autism could be linked I to the know. age of the male. Yeah. Um, but there's all kinds of studies. There's a. Uh, did you know I just read some studies that if you uh, if you ingest semen on a daily basis, it'll reduce your risk of breast cancer. So how's that going for you? <laughs> I'm going to get going on it. <laughs> but like, who did that study? Good you know? news for the husband. <laughs> 
<laughs> that sounds like the, you, you could actually get into a situation where giving oral sex would become annoying. Jesus, honey, not. <laughs> How many times do we I want to live? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, Colorado, like what part? I grew up in New Mexico. That's close, kind of. But Colorado's a little whiter and a little norther. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love Santa Fe and Taos. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I right by Boulder, so it's a town called Longmont, which is like fifteen minutes outside of Boulder. Yeah, and yep, yeah, and was everybody's it, still there. Yeah, oh, your mom, your dad, mm-hmm. other siblings, and then a brother. A brother? Uh huh. They're all there, just all hanging there. out. Yeah. The same house. Uh, yep, yep. Your brother's in the same house. No, he's in Boulder now. He moved away. Yeah, he <laughs> moved fifteen minutes away. <laughs> Does he have a wife and children? He doesn't. He had a wife. Yeah. Uh, he has two kids, uh, uh, two boys. So you're an aunt. I am an and aunt. And they love you because you're silly. Yeah, I hope so. Mm. I hope so. How old are they? Uh, nine and 21. Wow. Big difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. Sounds like an interesting story. Is it? It's what, pretty good. What what uh like what what kind of environment did you grow up in? Like what's your like what was the family business? What was going on? What's going on there? <clears throat> well, my dad is a and still is a, a carpenter. And really? Yeah. He built you? Yeah, he built our house. He built our church. He built the house you live in now? Yeah, the house they live in. Oh, okay. In Colorado. And he built a church? Uh-huh, the church. Next yep. to the house or further uh, down like the street? Five minutes away, yeah. What kind of church? <laughs> Lutheran. Yeah, Lutheran. So what do you what do you come from? Scandinavian peoples? German. German? Yeah. Huh. Half German. Half German, half what? You know, I I haven't gotten the full story. But what do you don't how how could you not know? I know, it drives me nuts, right? It's <laughs> like my mom was like, Well, you know, I she started tried to piece it together, but there's not a lot of communication going on, I guess, yeah. on her side of the family. Yeah. So apparently, I guess I could find out if I really, you could like go online and find that stuff out. Yeah, I see commercials for that thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I love, because that's the thing, a lot of people think that I'm Jewish and I love that. Like, I even got interviewed for Heb Magazine years ago. Thank you. They're in my studio apartment in New York and they're like taking my picture and asking me questions. They're like, so, uh, something about, Christmas and I was like, yeah, at Christmas, and they're like, whoa, 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 really? <laughs> yeah. So they they had no idea. They just made an assumption. They made an assumption. Huh. Uh, I got in. Yeah. As oh, an honorary heeb. Yeah. Did they have to you know kind of contextualize <laughs> it like that? Did yes. they Did they admit to thinking you were Jewish? I think so. You would have to. But I like so I I like to imagine that maybe there is some some Jewish clan that came in you know somewhere back in the day. I hope so. Secretly, just secretly had an affair. Secret Jew. <laughs> someone someone had sex with a Jew somewhere. Mm-hmm. But your is your husband Jewish? Nope. Wow. He's half Scottish, half Swedish. So you're just keeping us out. That's what's happening. <laughs> you know, you're, you know I, you're I'm part the of... one who feels feels like the minority in this club, to be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's all Jews. And you guys have your great, you can make fun of each other all the time. And I had to just like wait till it's over and laugh along with you. No, but Kurt Blano, your, your comedy partner, he's not a Jew. I think you <clears> surround <throat> yourself with non-Jews on purpose. <laughs> I think you're insulating yourself in a non-Jewish environment. Well, I'm talking to you. I know, but it took I'm a long terrified. time. <laughs> I'm not. There's nothing to be afraid of. What What do you think's going to happen here? I'm just trying to figure out. So, all right. So, your dad's a carpenter. Yes. Does he build tables and cabinets? You know, he he put he can install cabinets. He doesn't do furniture. He does like houses, mm-hmm. and he he only he works alone. He's um 
but he's a, his own business. So he builds a house from scratch by himself with no Mexican help? <laughs> he has one guy named Enrique who, there you go. who left him recently, so oh. he, now he is alone. But yeah, he only works with like another guy. For the whole house? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. How long does it take him to build a house? Um, You know, like... I don't, I don't know, yeah. maybe like three weeks. Huh? He also bids, three weeks. he's the lowest bidder. Uh-huh. He just um, likes to work, it He's just like, like an honest guy. Yeah, and and so everybody wants, so he's always working. So you grew up just like on a, do you have a big a chunk of land? We have a farm, yeah. A farm? It, yeah. He built a farmhouse? He ha- Yeah, there's a barn. If you see it, it's not as impressive if you imagine like a real farm, because yeah, it was more of like a hobby farm, because he was mostly got money making um, buildings. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's really nice about my dad, too, is that if you, we drive around Longmont and stuff, and he can like point to buildings and be like, I built that, I built that. It's his town. It's his town, <laughs> yeah. And I used to be really like... There's one point when I was older where I got nervous for him because yeah. I was like, man, this is like really like tough on your body. Right. Like I want, I wish you could be like a pencil pusher. I like get an office job. So you, you know? don't beat yourself up too much. <laughs> and he's already had like two sh- shoulder surgeries and a knee replacement. And you know um, why he's had those? Because he's because he lives it alone. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but but it is it is nice to have a parent who's like who just loves what they do. Yeah. He's con- completely content in yeah. their work and likes to make things. Well, the, and also it's nice to have someone around the house that can do shit. Well, that's the thing. That's the catch is that he didn't really like to bring his work home with him that often. So, so things he, would take time to get fixed. And he built our house. But like I remember being in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, which is like sheetrock walls in my bedroom. I was like, <laughs> no, he just like did not want to deal with it. Because he was busy building a house for somebody else. <laughs> yes. The house is still not done. There's still pieces of it that are unfinished. Well, did you have animals on the farm? Was it a functioning farm? Yeah, we had cows uh, that we would, uh, the cows would come and they would all be female cows and then we would rent a bull and sh- and the bull would impregnate them and then when they'd you'd, have you'd have calves, a, you'd have a bull that you'd come bark. in just for like a you'd, couple hours you have a bull come bang your yeah. cows yeah. yeah and then and then you'd wait it out wait it out and have some calves cute calves would like suck on your whole hand with yeah. their tongues really yeah it feels amazing like you know like sandpaper yeah. but it's like your whole hands enveloped yeah. in it and uh, what'd you do with these cows? Well, so then they would grow up and then we'd sell them all back for profit to like a slaughterhouse who mm. would then feed them like, you know, corn. Yeah. And make them taste delicious. Yeah. Did you, uh, but you never got attached to, uh, there was no old yeller story or something like, that's my cow. And uh, Yeah. I would name the cows. That's a, that's a no-no, sing to right? Them. Like Isn't... when they'd come for hay, I would sing like dinner theater. Really? Uh, like, yeah. Do you remember what songs? Like Cole Porter? <clears throat> what are we talking? I would make them up most likely. You'd make up dinner theater songs yeah. for cows? <laughs> yeah. This is probably your first comedy show, I'd imagine. It was. It was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And they would. Did um, you really come on? You I did them? actually. You sang to the cows and you named them. So did, was there crying? Did you uh, understand the agricultural food chain at that age? Did someone have to explain to you that these cows are going to be <laughs> fattened up and killed for food? Well, I learned it because one cow named Bella had a hoof disease and she got shot. Uh, my dad shot her, and then I came home one day and the whole freezer in our basement was just stuffed with unmarked butcher meat, the meat from the butcher, and I. And it was Bella, and I was like, ah. Oh. And we had to connection. eat her all winter, and she just didn't taste good because she wasn't corn-fed, so she right. was hay-fed. Yeah. And it's not delicious. It's like, like stringy you... and unflavorful. Oh, really? Yeah. So you kind of know the you know the meat racket. You know the, you, <laughs> you know it makes a good steak. I know it makes a good steak. I don't, 
uh, after being around cows, and this will probably disappoint a lot of animal rights activists and vegetarians, but I, <sighs> the cows are so stupid. Yeah. Um, they would just like get lost. You know, they would like get lost in a hole in the fence, and then they like <laughs> could just don't know how to get back in. Yeah. Um, that I and when I would sing to them, they were just like blank stares, like just like eating hay, like just like no personality. You cannot, yeah. Not a not a dent. Like oh, they're soft and furry when they're young. They're perfectly like gentle creatures, and they're walking sacks of meat in my mind. <laughs> Like, they are there to be eaten. And I, you know, there probably is some, like, aliens somewhere that are, like, smarter than us that are probably looking at me like a walking sack of meat, and that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Right. I get it. So, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, they're just, they are dumb. And it is, it's sort of astounding how stupid they are Uh when you, like, drive by them. I mean, I didn't grow up with them, but any time I've spent with a cow, they're just, like, nothing there. They're just this. Oh, my God. Yeah, but is that is that be, is that just the nature of that animal, or are they? There's a, I don't know. How they have that... four stomachs. I mean, they they really are just about processing. I mean, I mean, you know, Ferdinand the bull. I mean, there's lots of stories with cows that are real sweet. Yeah. Um. And they're smiling cow pictures, <laughs> like on yeah. the cheese. You know, the cheese that you get yes, in the East Coast. Yes. What is that? What kind of cheese is that? With the cow with the thing in his nose, and he's sort of smiling. You know, the little cheeses. What I don't is know. That? I don't need. Oh, I don't, bell. Yeah, Not maybe blue, bell cheese. So it's close. Blue I think it's it, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I just remember it. But uh, all right. So did your dad shoot this cow right in front of you? Or no. Or? God no. no! Come here, kid. <laughs> I want you to learn something about life. <laughs> no, it, oh, hap- it happened while I was gone. And that's how. But and he, <clears throat> I didn't know you could eat a cow with hoof disease, hoof and mouth disease. Oh yeah, no, I don't know if it was hoof, a hoof disease, but something was wrong with her hoof, and she couldn't walk. Like, oh, she couldn't okay. walk to get her water. So, right. Well, then you know. she deserves it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> now, don't make me feel sorry for them. <laughs> That that dumb cow who can't walk. <laughs> she deserves to be food, Bella does. I think in general the animals all let me down because I didn't have friends around nearby, so I tried to make them my friends and they really like could not yeah. meet my standards. No. I mean I it's you're an intelligent person that Thank requires you. So, you know, some attention. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, look at me when I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like not gonna get it from a cow. No. But uh, all right, so, what'd your mom do? What'd she do in this small town situation where your dad built a church? <clears throat> uh, she had a few jobs. She was worked for the risk management at our at the school for the school district. So sort it? of like HR. Oh, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then she did another job, a secretary job for the city. Are these fun people? Your parents? Yeah, they're fun. They're nice. They're they. You know, when you come over to, to dinner for at our house, they're gonna chat. Like you're like the conversation's gonna be easy and nice. <laughs> they're polite people. <laughs> yeah, they're polite and and they're fun. I I'd say they're pretty fun. Well, the Lutheran thing is that was that a thing? Did you grow up with the with the thing? Did oh, you? definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was confirmed and baptized. And what what makes it different than other uh, flavors? You know, because I mean, the only my only reference for Lutheran is is Garrison Keillor. And and uh, and his show, what is it? The Prairie, the Prairie, uh, Prairie Home. Home Companion. Yeah, that to me though, I just listen to him make jokes about Lutherans, and I'm like, oh yeah, the Chosen uh, Frozen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're all sort of quiet, passive aggressive people that are a little bit defeated in their disposition, but pleasant. It's true. Yes, <laughs> it is true. It's like the church. Um, our church wasn't very big, and it was. And sometimes it would grow, and then sometimes it wouldn't. Um, 
there was this sort of like get the message out there but it wasn't like we're going door to door y'all yeah, like yeah. it was just like it is a it is a quiet a quiet religion in that way but it was relatively lenient right it wasn't crazy there was there hellfire and brimstone and and, and scary stuff uh not really I, I remember there was a point like when i was a teenager and I was dating, um, my first boyfriend didn't have religion and he was into like Wicca. (laughs) He was into (laughs) Wiccan stuff. And I remember there was, and also there was no Jewish people that I knew either. But this was the first person I knew that was not, you know. Sure, Wicca, Jewish. Yeah, I know. No, but I mean like, yeah, (laughs) sorry. I just wanted to make that. No, no, no. Anyways, the pastor was telling the usual sermon about getting the message out and having everyone, you know, accept Jesus into their lives and and, and then sort of like, to me, I was baffled that Jesus wouldn't um, like this boyfriend I had just because he didn't believe in Jesus. Right. I, and I remember I like kind of confronted him about it when you like leave the church and shake everybody's hand because yeah. I just feel like there's I felt that and I still feel that that there is something fundamentally wrong with pretending that we know what Jesus uh, thinks yeah. you know that Jesus is judging these people like this right. like I just know it right and that even though your message is that he loves everybody right um it's so con- it's conditional and it's not supposed to be <laughs> it's not conditional lo- exactly he yeah. loves everybody in- unless they don't believe in him right that which doesn't is wrong work. because yeah. you got a whole like half of the sure, world sure and- sure that's the business of religion you're like we got to get yeah. these guys in yeah so i uh, so that's good yeah jesus you're on team jesus and i'm then- on team jesus i I think that uh, I, I just don't think that uh, Jesus judges people the way man does. Did you ask He's your boyfriend? Than a man. Yeah, yeah, he should yeah. be. He should be. He's the son of God, and we ex- we have high expectations out of him. <laughs> he took a pretty big hit for everybody. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> don't you forget it, yeah. Mister Marin. <laughs> hey, I'm a Jew. It's not on me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it though? You guys can do what you got. No, it's not. That's a that's a myth. The Romans did it. I'm not saying we weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but did you did you did you say anything to the wicca guy well like what what form of wicca was he just like <laughs> like what what was his he wasn't really into it he just what didn't have a religion at did he all have dreads no no he was a cool guy he was into um indie music and like culture and stuff and he dated a a girl before that was into wicca so he's like yeah i think wicca's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's easily influenced yeah <laughs> It sounds like you could have got him into the church if you would have uh, <laughs> set your mind to it. I guess. I think I don't. What were you in high school? Too much pressure. Uh, I, I was a senior in high school. How Like, so, okay, so you're in uh, this, I'm going to call it small town Colorado. Okay. Isn't it? It is pretty. It's a Not, suburb. It's A suburb of Boulder. It's pretty small. There's two high schools. Oh, that's big. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. How many kids in your high school? I don't know. Estimate. Um, like your graduating like class. My like graduating class. Did you know everybody? I did. I would say there was probably like between one and two hundred people. Yeah, that's in the whole high school. Or in, in our the, graduating class, I, that's pretty small. I think. That's pretty small. So, like, what was what was your thing in high school? Like, what were you like? Were you what? What were you dancing to? Um, what was I? The Cure, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I went to their show twice. Yeah, I I went to there's a place on the hill in Boulder. I don't know if it's still there. Called Ground Zero, and yeah. they would have Goth Night, and yeah. I would go. Yeah, the Cure T-shirts, Robert Smith posters. Oh yeah, loved the Cure. Dyed your hair black? 
Never really, no. I didn't really like the color black. I liked, yeah. I liked colors, and I still do. But so I were love you the music. an unusual goth? Were you the exception? <laughs> yeah, I really did not have any black to wear to Ground Zero. It was awful. <laughs> I wore like plaid pants. Yeah, but I always thought uh, uh, goth was sort of for sad people. You don't strike me as somebody who is ever sad, Kristen Shaw. Unless you're lying. No. Unless his personality is all <laughs> fraud. Uh, no, I, I don't think The Cure is sad. That's it's the thing. If you but really goth, listen I mean, to it. Well, I didn't like all of goth. I just really loved The Cure and I really loved Tori Amos. And those mm. were my two favorites. Tori Amos? Yeah. She, I, I still love Tori Amos. You do? Passionately. I don't think she'd be happy about your views on cows. Oh really? How do you know? You know, know her? No, maybe get her the on the podcast. Who's the other one? Who's the, who do I confuse her with? Uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, Sarah McLaughlin. No, she would no. not enjoy. No, I've I've pissed off a lot of people on this podcast. With no, the cow no, of comment. course not. Of course not. But <laughs> Tori Amos, yeah, you like her still? Oh yeah. And what 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 did you do in in high school? Like what did, what was it? What were you doing? Were you like a nerd girl? Were you like um, part of this uh, the stage people? Were you at theater? <laughs> were you doing musicals? I was. What I did was I did forensics, which is speech. I did forensics. Uh, yeah, like uh, where you go around and you do like little. You can do debates. You could you could do oratory, or you can do like humorous interpretation. Did you do debates? No, just all just I just took cuts like eight minute cuts of plays and acted them out. So um, that was your way of, of sort of doing the drama thing without doing the drama thing. No, you do the drama thing. I mean, that was like hard. Yeah, you had to play all the characters in, when in the oratory in the in the interpretation. Oh. So it was sort of dramatic, but did you make it? I did humorous interpretation. Uh huh. Yeah. What, like, what was an example of that? I don't like, I would take like a Charles Bush play, like uh, what's what's one of the things, like Psycho Beach Party. Yeah. Or um, and and what you would do is you would just take a cut of it, like yeah. a scene, and then right. you would just act it all out yourself. Right. And do all the characters. Mm -hmm. So you're going for the laugh early on. You knew you had the gift. Yeah, I mean, people just kept laughing at me. <laughs> But was there ever a point, like, when you decided to do, to be a funny person, were you always funny or were you, like, doing it to uh, to sort of, like, uh, deflect anything? Were you always, did people always like you? Or was there at some point where they were like, you're stupid? Um, I mean, I would say I was bullied in junior high. Yeah. Um, and... But that's okay, and then <laughs> I survived. I was I was told I was ugly in junior high by everybody. You were what? Not You're by told. everybody. Ugly, just yeah. ugly. Like yeah. ugh. Like yeah. they were just like on the bus. This girl would just stare at me on the bus and just be like, "You're ugly," <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay." <laughs> And then, like, I'd be in English class, and there's, like, a kid behind me. He's like, hey, blowfish. You know, I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was afraid I'd get beat up, too. There was, like, a gang of girls that were older than me and just, like, bad girls. Like, yeah. I think, like, had, like, some problems at home. Yeah. Looking back on it. But I was yeah. just like, mm, they might beat me up. Yeah. Just for <sighs> being you. Just, just for yeah. Like, I remember I wore, like, a polka dot skirt one day and a Dick Tracy t-shirt, and they were like, don't ever wear it. Like, I was like, okay. <laughs> but the junior high ended and high school was much better. And I, yeah, high school was great. And I decided that I wanted to get, uh, my senior year, I wanted to get in the yearbook as many times as possible. So uh, I joined all the groups. <laughs> so I could have my picture in each of the like, times. Like, like, what are the Like, other? art club, peer mediation, newspaper, um, 
uh, what else? Uh, tennis. I think I did tennis plays. I got nominated to Homecoming Royalty. Um, really? Yeah. What's peer, what's peer mediation? Peer mediation is when you, like, if there's a fight, you can yeah. just, like, go and you. I have the skills. Like, I, like, <laughs> let's sit down and let's talk about this guy. It's like, <laughs> no, no, when you say that he's an asshole, you say yeah. you feel like he's being mean. <laughs> you know, I, like, tell them how to talk to did each other. Did you actually do any of that? I did a couple, yeah. When, how, what are you, is there a task force? Are you called <laughs> to duty? I mean, how Well, what? I was, I was, like, I at school, if there was, like, a problem, Problem and they like I could go in and I could help people out. How many people were in peer <laughs> mediation? I've never heard of this. Thing. Um, I don't know, maybe like fifteen of us. So I have the, to look at my yearbook. So was this something? Is that a regular thing? I've never heard of that. So you guys like you know if there was a fight, you know they'd be like, is there anyone from peer mediation here to handle this? That guy has a knife. That kind of thing. Or no, no? I mean if there was a weapon involved, then you'd have the authority. Yeah, so. and. I think it, maybe we were under they were understaffed at school. <laughs> I don't know just, why we had to do their job. Invented this club. Well, maybe they thought like student to student they might open up more than if like an adult stepped in. And, yeah. So what did you um, do for the paper? Did you write some articles? I did. I would write reviews on albums. Oh really? Music, funny music reviews on Cure albums. albums. All Cure albums. Wait, I don't remember. I think I must have written a, just a review on like garbage. Garbage came out at that time. I I don't remember, but I I'm garbage I the album them. or garbage like, in general. Gar- garbage the album. Oh, okay. Garbage the band. Yeah. And how about okay? So all right, homecoming royalty. What what is what is that? So you're one of this the side people. You're yeah. like yeah. You know, there was the king and queen who yeah they, you didn't like. Yeah, I you didn't, didn't like them, right? Uh, no, they were nice. Oh. So then <laughs> she's so diplomatic. And then there'd be all the other people, the other couples, and you were in the other couples? Kind of, yeah. So, like, the band thought it would be... I was friends with the band, even though I can't play an instrument. The band people or the band at homecoming? The band people, like... Uh, they need help. They they, they need a different kind of mediation, right? They needed somebody... No, they were talented with their instruments, and they were a lot of fun. So, I'd always sit with the band during football games. Yeah. And so, they all decided to vote for me for... Almost as a joke, but then it worked. I got nominated, but in any case, um, I couldn't get a date for homecoming, mm. even though I was on the royalty. Like I asked everybody, and they're just like, "No." And I finally got like one convinced one kid to take me, and I could tell he wasn't into it. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, "I gotta have a date. Like I gotta be there." Like, <laughs> who was that kid? Gene. Not uh, Gene. Gene. Yeah, Gene Martinez. He helped you out. He, oh yeah, I did be a fave. Thanks, Gene. (laughs) How did that night go? Was it It okay? That was okay. He was my friend, so he dressed up. Uh, yeah, he did. I dressed up. He dressed up in ska. I was into ska. I oh, loved Scott. This so. is after The Cure or around the same, the same time? time? The Cure never went away, but I just loved, like, uh, was it Skank and Pickle? Yeah. You know, yeah. all the Body Body Bastos and all you, those guys. Did you do the Scott dance? Mm-hmm. You could do it? I was a badass your... rude girl. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Did you shake? Sh- it's sh- easy. It's easy. Yeah, no, it's I easy can, dance I can, move. I can do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Maybe we can. What is it? Skanking? Is that it's what it is? It's skanking. Yeah. yeah. Can... It's really just like kicking your legs and your arms in a rhythmic but there's movement. But a, there's a groove to it. Yeah. You got to have an attitude about it. Yeah. Did you cut your hair in a way for ska? No. No. Never did? Oh, I just kept it long and in a bun. <laughs> always. Because I could, didn't, it was always stringy and I didn't know how to style When'd it. When did you lose the bun? I lost it in college, so sophomore year. Okay, so you leave high school, 
<laughs> this is a lot about me. What it's what it's all it's about. What it's all about. This is a podcast. This is serious. This okay. is serious. This You're is gonna bear serious. my soul any second no, now, and I'm get... so scared. What are you talking about? No, I'm I just kidding. I don't have magic. <laughs> It sounds like your soul is pretty sweet. I, you know, I can't, I can't find anything. You know, I'm not looking for anything. I, I, you know, I was hoping there was some, you know, horrible dark anger, but it seems like you buffered from that somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I was. <laughs> I mean, my parents had a great marriage. Yeah, you had so the Jesus thing going. You had, you they know. definitely used them as a backup. Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah, they were like, he's the third party in this relationship. Did, did you use him as a backup? Was it in your head? Oh yeah, I yeah. prayed to Jesus every night. You did? Oh yeah, mostly a junior high. Please don't let me get beat up. <laughs> and he did it. He pulled through, man. <laughs> I think I think prayer can be pretty powerful. Yeah. Because you got to kneel down. It's kind of vulnerable. You don't have to kneel down. You can do it like, while you're like walking to the store. No, I know that. But like, I'm, I'm assuming that before bed, if you're going to say prayers, either you're laying in your bed or you're going to like take a break. Sure, I can say a prayer right now. God help me <laughs> get through this interview with Krista Shaw. Oh, oh it's, no. It's really tricky. It is she's, tricky. She's masking I'm all of her. smoking mirrors over here. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It's all a bunch of <laughs> bullshit. She's, she's manipulating me. She's she's filibustering me. <laughs> so, all right. So you go to college where? I went to CU for a year, and then I transferred to Northwestern. Northwestern, Chicago. Uh-huh. So when you went to college at CU, when did, like, because, you know, you're a, you're a unique comedy talent. What did you go to college for? Uh, I went to college... To be an actress. Right from the beginning? Yes. Okay, so you're studying that already. Yeah. But you didn't do it in high school other than the oratory business. And plays. I did a couple plays. So you did do the drama thing in high school. Yeah, I did. You did hang out with the theater kids. Mm-hmm. Did you sing? No, I can't sing. Really? Not well. Not well, not enough to be paid. But No, but it sounds like you'd, like you'd have one of those cute quirky voices that is very in demand in musicals. I wish, man. I, I know. I would be. I would not be here. I would be on Broadway right now, just turn after turn. Was that, was that the dream? Um, I think I w- I think so. I would have loved that. I would have loved to have been able to sing. When you start to do acting, like as a, because I mean, I thought about it. And I took acting classes in college, but I mean, how did you see your career going? When you like, you said, "I'm going to be an actor." Mm-hmm. How did you picture yourself? Um, I'm going to be an actor. Uh, I guess I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I guess I pictured myself looking really beautiful with dim lighting. <laughs> And just being like, don't walk out that door. <laughs> like, I remember looking in my mirror when I was little, like when I was like in junior high, and I I remember just like trying to, trying so hard to like make this look like I could be in a movie. And it was like there, if I like squinted and like put my head down really low. Because I had a lot of problems too, because I had major jaw surgery in junior high. Because my bite was so bad that they're like, you're oh. gonna lose all your teeth. So they, oh, they did that thing where they broke your jaw and realigned it? Yeah. You you went for that? Yeah, they, I mean, I was in braces for seven years and they're just like, listen, you, you're in trouble. And we gotta fix this now. And then, and then they're like, and also, we noticed you have a really tiny chin. We can fix that for you. The same people. <laughs> yeah. And I was like mortified. I was like, no. Like I don't want anyone to know that I've a had this thing and I, like that I went and got plastic surgery. So I said no. And looking back on it, I really should have just said yes because I'd never see those people again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no one's going to hold that against you. But what do you mean? But what would they would have done? Put a a plastic one in there? 
I think so. I think they would have put some sort of piece and then screwed it to the tip. Of your so jaw. And so I have like a nice... A full full chin, you know, to yeah. like catch my spaghetti on and stuff. <laughs> but but the braces thing, I had braces and I had a jaw problem, but I didn't go for it. They said that they they offered that to me, the sort of breaking and realigning because my teeth don't meet, uh-huh. and I was like, I can't handle the pressure of having my teeth wired shut. Yeah. for fucking what six months? It was a in few high months. school or yeah. junior high. How old were you? I was probably 15, 14 or fifteen. Like right in the middle of the most difficult time in your life to fucking adjust and be you know a person among people with all these bullies around you got to <laughs> yes. walk around yeah. and eating through a straw yeah have on a liquid <laughs> diet yeah so- <laughs> not cool <laughs> not fun and then i found out like my parents are always like i think because your teeth keep moving through that time too so they think that the doctor started jump the gun because he wanted to buy a boat I think that's true about orthodontry and, and orthodontics or whatever it is. Yeah. And about dentistry in general. Because you just go <laughs> into the dentist for a cleaning. I went for a cleaning once and they were like, Do you, well, you, we've laid out the five-year plan for your mouth. And I'm like, <laughs> look, I, you know, I don't know how many years I got left. You know, I don't need to do anything dramatic. See, but I think it is sort of a racket. I guess I'm happy I didn't get that, that thing. But maybe they were right because don't, you don't want them to wear wrong because I've had some problems. Yeah, I mean, my, my dad's teeth are really bad, and I got his mouth. Yeah. So, so okay, so you get braces, and then they break your jaw. <laughs> yeah. And you're, and you're wired shut. Yeah, like I got screws in my, permanent screws in my face. Did you have? Wow, a- I didn't want to tell anybody that. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> there you go. There's the there dark you secret. Go. Here it comes. We got it. <laughs> we got it. Kristen Shaw has screws in her face. Oh well. Do you really? Yeah. What? Why? Because they broke my jaw oh, so they, and uh, moved it and screwed it in its new, so that my teeth m- matched, even though they still aren't great. I thought that the, I thought that your jaw just sort of healed back up, but no, they got it. They, oh my God. Did you have to wear the, the strap-on retainer and all that? I thing? had to wear headgear, yes. You had to wear headgear? Of course yes. you did. <laughs> Why should things be easy for you? No, I had to do, I, I had braces for seven years. Oh my God. Yeah. All that food stuck in there and rubber bands yeah. and tightening yeah. and headgear. Yeah. Oh. So when I saw myself in as an actress in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> it was without headgear? Yeah, it was without <laughs> headgear and it was dim light. It was like smoky and I, yeah, I'd be, I would just like, just look in the mirror and I'd <clears throat> put my chin and like sort of, you know, look in and I'd be like, you know, don't walk out that door. Yeah, yeah. So you're being sexy. You were an I ingenue. Try. Yeah, I didn't know there was any other role. Right. <laughs> So you were gunning for that. When, like when you went to college, you were like, I just want to act. Yeah, I know. It's silly. No. I just knew I wanted to act. Yeah. And what kind of what kind of plays were you in? How'd you get cast? I mean, what, well, why'd you switch to Northwestern after Colorado first? Well, I wanted Northwestern first, but they turned me down because my grades weren't the best. Or it was just that I got rejected. So then I went to see you and I was like 50 minutes away from my house and I had That's a no great fun. time, but oh, I was just like, I got to, you had fun there. Um, you get, but you're right near home. I was right near home. Where's the adventure? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. then I re I got my GPA up uh, really high, and yeah. I reapplied to Northwestern. And they've got a good program for theater, right? They got a good program. But the thing is, is there wasn't any room in the theater department, 
so they accepted me in the performance studies department. How does that mean? Exactly. It's like uh, is that like uh, peer mediation. No, but it's it's like adapting, you know, novels. You know, like Mary Zimmerman was our professor. Yeah, she, I don't know who that is. Okay, uh, you can explain it to her to me. Well, I like to learn. She did like Metamorphosis, which is on Broadway. So it's it's just taking stories in other forms and turning it into theater. So you had studying. to write. Or that, you had to write essays and and perform like adaptions of short stories. It turned uh, out to be like what I more of what I actually do. But I was so mad, yeah, being there because I just wanted to take uh, acting class. When did you get to do that finally? Well, I just I I just sat in on um, an acting teacher's class every day for three months until she felt sorry for me and let me in. Really? Yeah. At Northwestern? <laughs> yeah. And so you were actually, so you stayed in that program the whole time, the adaptation program? Yeah, but I got all the benefits of the theater department. Really? I broke the system. Yeah. yeah. Did you, so did you act in plays in college? Yep. What'd you do? Um, Anything serious? Oh, I know. I did Moliere. Yeah. As the wet nurse. Yeah. Um, well, not really. And then Nothing I did heavy? lots of comedy. Yeah. Lots of comedy. And I took classes at Second City and as a team at Improv Olympic, I'd go into Chicago and, and While you're in college? there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where it started then. You're one you're a Chicago person. Yeah. I yeah. like to think so. I didn't hang out. Like I would go take the classes or go do the I.O. show and then I would immediately go back to Evanston and study. So I never really got to hang out with people. But Jack McBrayer, I remember being a sub coach once for my team, which is fun. Who? Jack McBrayer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got to work with him a lot? Yeah. Why did, I should know that, right? I'm sorry. No. Nope. So let's talk about like where, where it went after college, though, because you, I watched your stand-up special. Okay. Last night. You did? You yeah. watched it? I did. Oh, thanks. I know you wanted to, you wanted me to watch it. I did want you to. I watch couldn't get it. through. I didn't. I didn't know about the, all the Thirty Rocks. See, I don't really do the research, but I'm glad it's that okay. they. I'm glad they teamed you up with him. That's a good. It casting. was cool. I got to. I got to work with cool people. So that so, was really nice. It's a good show. Yeah. But like, when did you? When you graduated college? When did you start? <laughs> when did you start realizing that you could do these comedic performances? Because I saw you early on, and it was sort of like. You know, you were you were doing you know theatrical things that were definitely orchestrated bits that would go on for like ten minutes. One of them had to do a cake, I think. Um, is that right? Yes. And I'm not being condescending. I'm not were, either. But you were being. It was very specific type of performance. It wasn't necessarily stand up. It wasn't improv. It wasn't sketch. It was somewhere in between. You know, performance art and you know theater, right? Yeah. Kinda. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So when 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 did you start doing that type of work? Well, I probably started in New York. So that's what I'm saying. I, I think I said this on your last podcast. So I moved to New York after college, and I was so it was so awful there. Like how? Uh, like I couldn't get an apartment. I couldn't like I was like sleeping on friends in friends apartments and couldn't find anything I could afford I couldn't find a job and it was just a really tough first like kind of like three months there yeah. to like get into the city and then I found eating it at the Luna Lounge and I went and I went and it was seven dollars and you get a free drink and the first show I was there it was like you know, I had all of New York telling me to like go fuck myself and then I walked into this one show and I was like Oh, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. Like, okay, I am supposed to be So is that 94? It was in 2000. So it's like towards the end of eating. It was towards the end, unfortunately. 
So yeah. like, what was that show that made you feel so comfortable? Well, it's like you were there, and uh, and I remember you. I don't know. It's just I liked that comedy. I liked. Yeah. I liked that you get a free drink if you paid seven dollars because money was like an issue for me. But there was a lot of stuff going on there. Like it was a very sort of a, by that point it was pretty well established and pretty popular. Yeah, and it was groovy people. Yeah, uh, and it was like the space was really intimate and tight, and there was all kinds of people going on. You know, whether they be UCB people or people who were doing full characters or people who were doing stand up, it was yeah. like the full range of shit. Right. So that saved you. That's- it saved me. Yeah, and I went. I went every. Did every Monday for two years, and I would never talk to anybody. I just sat and watched the show and like left. I'm trying to remember if you were one of those people that we'd see and be like, "Who's that?" <laughs> Probably that she's not. here again. No, because I didn't make a fuss. No, I know, I but, but you know, but you, you know, you you might have just been like like one of those people that showed up every week. Yeah, I didn't bring anybody because I didn't have any friends who were interested in stand up. So, so you came alone. Yeah. To Luna. Yeah. For two years, yeah. every Monday, mm-hmm. and you were not performing. No. Where were you working? Uh, I was working at, I got a job at Planet Hollywood in Times Square. Oh my God. This is like <laughs> such a nightmare kind of Midwest, yeah. kind of like I'm going <clears throat> to the big city to do something, and you end up in some weird occupational prison. Yeah. It was you, bad. You were waiting tables at Planet Hollywood? Yeah. Did you have to wear swag or, uh, or what do they call no, it? No. Uh, uh, Flare, flare. No, you just had to wear the Planet Hollywood T-shirt. Uh-huh. But it was just attracting, like you know, tourists yeah. who weren't interested in exploring anything else. Right. And uh, they wouldn't let us put like a a gratuity on, so you had to like hope that they read some sort of uh, guidebook about our uh, tipping system yeah, before yeah, they yeah. came in. A yeah. lot of them didn't. Yeah. Except for, can I, I don't mean, I don't know if this is racist, but this is the compliment that every table I had from uh, an Asian country always tipped very well. Yeah. And I was so happy whenever I got seated with them because I just knew they would take care of me. I don't me. think it's racist when you say a good thing. I know, I know. Is it? But, I, I, that's an interesting question, though. I know, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't mean to is stereotype at all. But... Is it racist to say that all Asians are good tippers? <laughs> yeah, they're really <laughs> respectful of cultures. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, it was bad. And yeah, so that's that's how I, and I, I remember I finally, I did a, I first started doing stand up at um, Collective Unconscious and also at Reverend Surf Jen Reality, show? Reverend Jen and Face Boy. So that's where you started. That's where I started. So that was, so that was, yeah, that was the type of comedy that was happening. <laughs> yeah, there. it was great because I knew that I had a place to put up a bit every week, and towards the end, because I would actually work on write new things. Um, I, I kind of because you know they draw everyone puts their name into a hat and you draw them out, and people could you could be there till four a.m. before you got your spot. Yeah, but sometimes Faceboy I could tell would like kind of draw me early <laughs> yeah that's sweet it was he's a sweetie because you were gifted well because i was i met i wanted to some people use that time as almost like therapy like just like i remember a guy would get up and like be like my dad's an a dick and um let me just finally call him and tell him and he like put the bike up to the to the phone up to the bike and like called dad in front of everybody and it was just like well that was it because that that whole tradition of of, uh certainly that room was like directly tied to performance art it wasn't necessarily about stand-up it wasn't yeah Yeah. 
it was about you know taking these risks and making it uh, awkward but but i imagine that you were doing pretty well um sketched out stuff right yeah i was doing a lot of sketch stuff like i that was the thing that i thought was interesting interesting was that and i and i'd read a lot of um books and watched a lot of things about andy kaufman too is just like taking the stage and and making it different so like what if there's a character that wanders onto the stage and thinks that you know it's a poetry slam by accident or just like a different environment and like what she could do with it right so you were you were impressed with Andy? Yeah, yeah. When did you first see his stuff? I ne- I I read about his stuff in college, and then when I moved to New York, I went to the Museum of Television and Radio and watched all his stuff. Back when you could do that. Yeah. Back when you needed to member. do that. As a member. Yeah, wasn't yeah. that great? Go sit, <clears throat> in the, cool. sit in the booths and then pick your things. You got like four things, I think, at a time, right? right. That you could watch. Yep. And you just sit there in your little booth and go, th- you know, time travel. I know. Yeah, so, I watched uh, a lot of vaudeville stuff too. Really? Yeah, watched a lot of um, Gracie and Allen, and this is great. So real early television. Yeah. So you watched a lot of those old, uh, you know, very broad comedic characters. Yeah, but I said Gracie and Allen was so poetic. Like They're it was great. like a play, yeah. and he would like step off off the set, down off the set, and just like, and George Burns would just do a monologue about Gracie. Yeah. Cool. And she'd come out, like, she was sort of dingy, but always had the good laughs. Right. And George was the straight, kind of almost cranky guy. Yeah, but he was the, he, yeah, he was the father figure. Yeah. <laughs> and you, did you, who were some, were they some of your favorites, those two? I loved them. I loved Nichols and May. Yeah. Um, Those were my favorite. I didn't find any Fanny Price, so I pr- probably had Do people compare you to her? I guess like old people. No, nobody does. And I bring up Fanny Bryce all the time to Blake Stairs. Really? Yeah. Because I mean, you. I think that that there's a there's a sort of similarity there. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. mean, I don't do a ton of different foreign accents and make fun of people's race. But and she does music though. She, she oh did she did early sing. on. Yeah. Re- Kurt got me a record. But called she was Baby sort of, Snooks. Oh yeah. Where it's just like violent. Like the dad just like beats her. <laughs> Shut up, baby. It sucks. You know, and it's like, a Fanny Bryce riff? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I guess she was uh, a lot of personality. Yes, big personality. And so the Andy Kaufman, uh, Andy Kaufman <laughs> stuff, what did you watch? Um, I watched a special. The Carnegie Hall special? Uh, yep, I watched that. I watched, um, I think I, I was able to see his TV special, um, too. Yeah. So and then when, like SNL spots. So that was sort of like the direction you were going with your stage performance. <laughs> yeah, I, that was the inspiration. And that's sort of like, I, I think that when you started, when when did you put together your first sort of full show? Um, My first full show, probably when I, at the beginning, I did something at the Manhattan Theater Company called Huzzah, Huzzah and Bird. And that was just like a series of sketches. Just you? Just me. And I, and I remember I finally got some stuff on tape too after doing working at you know surf reality and collective unconsciousness and then getting together like a half hour show and then i was able to tape it and then finally get a tape to jeff stinger so after two years he could see a tape and i could finally do some spots at eating it i think i did three or four spots at eating it i don't remember seeing you there maybe i was gone already when and you was might that? have been gone i remember i cl- i did the last show at eating it actually um was that before or after 9-11 like I feel like because I left in two thousand and one, maybe it was still going for. I can't remember when it stopped. I don't think I was in town when it ended, though. I think it, it was after nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. Because so it was like so it probably closed shop in like two thousand and two. Did that guy who's writing the book call you? Nope. 
Some guy's writing a book on that. I heard. That. You did. I heard he's writing a book, and I heard it's... <laughs> He's a young kid, so he wasn't there. So it's right. funny he's to a, hear him like ask questions. Columbia, he's at yeah, Columbia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been like, yeah, I get calls from him like once a week. Hey, can I t- ask you a couple more things? Uh-huh. And I feel like I'm helping him shape it. <laughs> it's like you should write that book. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, I was, yeah. I was. There was a lot of camps of thought down there. So what? How did your sort of career take off? Uh, I just kept doing stuff. And then I, you know, I just kept going up. But they loved you, and and didn't you do the Edinburgh, the Fringe Festival, and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. I think I think my career really took off when I got together with Kurt and we formed the Hot Tub Show. Really? Yeah, because because I remember going to like I would go to uh, what's that show? Um, invite them up, and I couldn't. I didn't know Holly. You know, I didn't know Eugene that well, and I just would go and um and watch the shows and just be like. God, I would love to go up in this room, but I and so I would wait, and then I, I we started the show, and I remember I would just wait till the end of the show, hang out, and then like catch Dimitri Martin on his way out, and just be like, "Hey, man, like I'm I have a show, you know? Yeah. Hey, Eugene, I have a show, and then Eugene does my show, and then he's like, "Do you want to come do my show?" And then after that, you're inviting other people with shows to do your show, and now you're getting invited to their shows. So you guys were at the, that was the beginning of all that, that after Luna sort of shut down, right, Eugene and Bobby did invite them up, right? Mm -hmm. And that was at that bar, what was it called? It was called- um, Had some, the Casbah or something weird like that. Invite them up at the, uh, oh my God. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, It was on 11th Street. I remember, yeah. Um, Yeah. And it had that that stage. It was elevated a little bit and yep. sort of in the corner. Yeah, it was perfect because it was separated from the bar. Right. There's nothing worse than doing a show with a bar right next to the stage. Because by the time all that stuff really started to take off, all the post-Luna stuff, I was out here already, and I would go back, and people would be like, you want to do my show? There's this other show happening. I'm like, how many fucking shows are there? Yeah, and yeah. And then Liam McEnany was doing his show, mm-hmm. and, then the, and then that just sort of, but you, I guess you guys were sort of at the beginning of that. Yeah, really. Yeah, we were we were riding that wave. It was great. It was like it was the it was the post Luna explosion of alternative comedy shows. Yes, yes, and I would say that it was definitely inspired by Luna for sure. Right, but there were so many of them, and in that sort of became it. That I think that sort of defined Rafifi. That's it, Rafifi. Yeah. That's well, the club. Yeah, because Rafifi could do invite them up on Wednesdays, and then it would do another, you know, Nick Kroll and Jesse Klein show on Thursday, and you know, every night of the week, someone was doing a show somewhere in the East Village. So that's really what happened. See, I missed all that. Like I'm like the old generation. Uh, yeah, you are. Okay. <laughs> that's true. You went to LA, I guess. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Once Luna shut down, I left, and all you kids. <laughs> started doing your little shows everywhere and getting famous and getting famous and we had a big a huge coup too because i don't even know like david cross was has always been helpful and he uh he did hot tub yeah and then where was hot tub it was at the people's improv theater uh-huh that was our first venue the pit the pit that's not an easy room uh yeah it was pretty nice it was it's weird it's like there's the tiered sort of there was yeah. yeah well it's different they moved but okay. the old pit was like yeah it was uh, like a little gladiator uh, a little bit yeah. it was small yeah yeah but there was a curtain that's yeah. the thing if you want to do something other than stand up and you can make entrances and exits you like without them. going through the audience it's exciting but i think that's also like you know an indication of 
that whole generation of comedic performers, you guys all built relationships. I mean, you do Bob's Burgers, yeah, and you do, you know, you do a lot of, you know, and the Flight of the Concours. I mean, it seemed like that crew, you know, sort of integrated itself into a lot of the the television and stuff we see now. That is, because you all kind of knew each other, yeah, and everybody was sort of hanging around. Yeah, it's really fun. I'm. It's just fun to um. Just to know that a peer group after 15 years can actually make some money. Yeah, well, I mean, that's yeah. the way it works. Yeah, you, it you is, know, because it? Yeah, because like at that time, there are people who are want to direct things or write things or produce things, and they're all hanging around too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what people forget. It's not just comics that all of a sudden, you know, group together. There's a whole generation of creative people that are in a scene yes. and that have, have ideas. I know. That's why when Eugene said this, it's so true. It's like when people are like, hey, man, I'm starting out in comedy. Like, what do I do? What's your advice? It is the best advice, but they hate it. He's like, 10 years. (laughs) I keep working (laughs) really hard for 10 years. But it's true. So when you did the Fringe and and you got all the accolades over there, What? Because I would think that they would, you know, be like. Uh, I didn't have a good time at the fringe, but I would think that they were. They would have like just been like, "Oh my God, we love you." Did that happen? Yeah, it was great because Maria Bamford sort of paved the way for me because she was in that. Because Dimitri Martin was in this Wildman room that no longer exists in Edinburgh. Then Maria and both of them killed. So they were excited to get another American in there um, who did like you know quirky things. Yeah. So I I had a. I had it easy, yeah, and it was a nice room, and I and my stuff. I'd been working on my stuff for a while, so it was some of my best stuff, and um, it was really fun. It was magical. And and now, do you work over there frequently in mm. in, in in the UK or? Yeah, I no, I did. I I noticed I was going back and forth quite a bit, and then it's just a point where I was like, I need to sort of stay focused in one place. Okay, and when did all the acting roles really start to pick up? Because you seem to appear in every sort of comedic vehicle of any kind available. <laughs> That's not true. You're a type. You're a thing. You're Kristen Shaw. You bring a certain energy. Well, I'm casting right now. We are want you? that energy. Oh, you do. We want the Kristen. That? That's funny because there has been. I've heard there's been breakdowns where they ask for a Kristen Shaw type, but they don't ask me to audition. Well, what do you think that type is? Um, I don't know. I. I, I would hate to give it a type. I would hope I could be more than one type. That's the problem. I think like doing Fly the Concords and playing like the stalker character and stuff, it's like, she's manic and a little crazy coming yeah. out of that sweet face and voice, you yeah, know, which yeah. is good. Like I like that I can do that, but. You're still holding out for that ingenue part? Where, <laughs> no. Where you can look down. The ingenue the... part's incredibly boring, I've realized. <laughs> but yeah I, yeah, I guess so. Um, when did that all start to happen? Oh, right. Do you feel like you're typecast at all or? Like, or do you do you approach everything differently? I mean, because the part on Fly the Concords is very specific. Yeah. But then you show up in other things where you know you you're not nuts. Yeah. But you're just full of like a childlike wonder. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think I started Fly the Concords blew all the doors off. Like yeah. all of a sudden I could because uh, I couldn't get auditions for anything, and then and then all of a sudden I could. Because you were defined, because you were like, she does a thing. Oh, that, no, because you know, no one knew who I was, and, and you can't get work unless they know who you are. But, but. I think they're hiring you for you, that you're I, oh, a comedic you personality. Yeah. Okay. You have your specific comedic personality. I'm yeah. not going to say what the attributes are, but I mean, they know like Christian Shaw could do this. I could do that, and I want and I want my reputation to be that I will do and try everything. 
when I come to a set or a job, like whatever the joke is, I always think it's a good idea instead of like reading it and being like, this isn't funny, I'm not gonna try it. I think it's good to just like try it and, what- and make it work. And if it doesn't work, then you do it. But I've, I've, no, I've, seen, I've witnessed a lot of actresses just be like, I'm gonna try this, it's not funny. Well, have you ever had a situation where you, you got yourself in over your head or it didn't work out or? Um, or you're like trying something and it was like, no, <laughs> yeah. can't, can't do it. Uh, not yet. So are you happy with your special? Yeah, I am happy with it. It was received v- incredibly mixed. Um, I, I just heard that Comedy Central was not happy with the fact that not a lot of people watched it. But they aired it on a Monday night at midnight. But also, um, it's a weird special. It and, is weird. And I'm grateful that they let me do it. Yeah, did you self-produce it? Um, I no, they produced it. Comedy Central. Now, what w- w- was that something you were looking to do, or did they say you want to do it? <clears throat> oh no, I pitched it to them. Yeah, I pitched it to them like like it took a little over a year, if not two years, to convince them because I wanted to do it live at first. I want, and then they said no, of course. I think it was shot really well, and there was a lot of close-ups that I really liked. I liked the way that who shot that. Um, well, John Lee shot the behind-the-scenes stuff, and then their their guys shot oh, they the, just did the, okay, the regular right. stuff. Yeah, I forget. So they, you were part of a series that they were doing of one hours yep. at the Fillmore. Yeah. I performed at the Fillmore. So you basically, it's sort of like, what what do you want your set to look like? That's, yeah. you know, that's yeah. how they mix it up. Yep. So you come with this sort of conceptual idea to do you know, straight up you know, what you do, sketches and stand-up pieces and then it just breaks apart in the second half yeah and like it was weird because watching it i got some laughs and i found it very compelling when this stage was empty yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> like it's just something like it's something you see on b-roll you know like mm-hmm. like you know like before the act starts there's just sort of that weird because the space is cool the, the film more but yeah. when you walk off stage and then you just let it sit there and that that shot in and of itself that you know you've left the stage and then you just let it sit there for a while yeah. i'm like that's great i'd like to see about 10 more minutes of that yeah yeah me too and then uh, kurt <laughs> does his thing and what there like at, at first so the device where you know you keep fucking up the word airplane yeah yeah and then you get frustrated and then you you act all that out and then you just fucking lose it and then you come out and kurt comes out and he does the bad crowd work my question is <clears throat> in doing that like in knowing that you know i could feel that you know that you were honoring yourself and also honoring that tradition of Kauf- kaufman and and doing you know you know calling out the audience on their expectations and using them a little bit i mean you had to direct them a bit the audience uh no not till the end when you told them to leave. Yes. That no. was the only time. So all those reactions are real. So, okay. So when you split that first time, when you got fu- you fucked yeah. it up and you just let them <clears throat> sit there, yeah. that was real. Yeah. How'd that feel? Great. <laughs> <laughs> it felt great. So that, that, that was the thing. I wanted to, because Comedy Central does these specials like for decades, right? Yeah. I don't know, like, and they're so iconic. Yeah. And, but nobody's ever tried to like turn one on its head. Right. So I was like, let me turn one on its head. Like, let me stage a live bomb. Like, yeah. let me like show, let me pull the curtains back and show like, hey, like how delicate comedy is. Right. You know, and how like when it's done well, it only takes like, it's just a tiny thing to make it like, right. Like break apart. Right. And, um, 
And also just, yeah, let me play with people's expectations. And then when they wouldn't let me do it live, I, I rethought it again. So I was like, okay, well, they're obviously going to know that it's staged. At right. some, like as soon as, like it's going to be clear. When you go out the second time. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, well, let me, um, let me figure out just that moment where it does look real. And I just wanted people at home to be watching it and to have a second where they would just be like, did I just see that? Right. Did that happen? Like, yes. what was that? There was definitely some of that. and But but more than <clears throat> that, you know, at the end where, you know, I'd seen you and Kurt do the, the, the horse bit horse, yeah. before uh-huh. and it was annoying then. Uh-huh, yeah. Sure. And, 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 but not, but that's what you want, right? I'm not misreading that. That there that the repetition of it is, you know, it, it's either going to become hilarious or it's going right. to become a, you know, profoundly awkward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> definitely. That's what we yeah, that's what's great about that bit. And we also wanted to make sure we recorded that bit lot, you know, forever yeah. and put yeah. it away forever. But uh, but yeah, there was like a sweet there was a sweet moment. I was hosting Hot Dub when it aired, so I would uh, just between acts, I would check like the Twitter feed, yeah. and you know, people would just be like, "Ah, taints," you know, yeah, "Ah, yeah. you know, <clears throat> ah, your grandma's eye," ah, you know. And then all of a sudden, it just went, it just got quiet, and nobody was tweeting anything because the bomb was happening, and it was like such a great moment because you I was, mean, like, at the second half, yeah, yeah, the second half because you didn't bomb, you you did your job the first half, you know, you 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 yeah. just you just um you decided to. To have a you know to not bomb the first half. Yeah, wanted. I wanted to give them some comedy. Yeah, you know, like and then you wanted to turn it on its head. Yes, in the second half. Yeah, which is the opposite of what Kaufman did. Kaufman would always like start start bad if you looked at like Foreign Man, and yeah. then he would turn into this incredible Elvis yeah, impersonator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did it the other way, um, for better or for worse. But but yeah, it was just a, it was just a really sweet moment where I just knew people were like having to process something that they hadn't seen before on TV. Well, yeah, because after you know the 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 payoff of the Kristen Shaw's horse, the very last shot, did you get that from two thousand and one? Yeah, and the you know that whole thing is just weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's totally totally weird. Yeah, but it's also a callback to the first. No, joke. I get it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. No, I got did you it. See I, the horse? No, I don't think people saw the horse. There is a real horse in the opening. There is. Yeah. Where? <laughs> When I walk through the doors, it's only there for like half a second. You had a horse come in and you yeah. only got shot it for a half a second? Yeah, yeah, because I just wanted to plant tiny, tiny clues throughout. Oh, so you're doing the shining thing. <laughs> I guess I was a little bit. But, oh. but yeah, that, so that's- Now I got to go look for the horse. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't register the horse. How do I not register a horse? Is it really that hard to notice? I don't know. I was surprised more people didn't notice. But so, do you go to comment boards? Do you go? I looked online for a little bit, and then I um, and I was <clears throat> genuinely surprised. Like a lot of people, it was. This is the thing you want to make something like this because there's gonna be people out there. And John Lee said this too. Like if I was in high school and this came on, I'd be like, "That's awesome!" Like right. I've never seen that before. Right. And there's gonna be some people that are like, "That's cool and it's so weird. I like that." Like, yeah. uh, and maybe like. Or even like, ah, that's cool, but she didn't do it well. Like, right. oh, great. Well, do you have a better way to do something, you know, like off the wall? Let's see it. Like, yeah. I want to like, I want to inspire that in yeah. people. And then some people thought it just hated everything about it. And that's fine. You know, that is like, it is going to be a divisive show either yeah. way. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but right. I was surprised people 
some people didn't know that it was staged after even after the little girl was on stage. Now she's a comic, right? She's an actress, yeah. Oh, she's an actress. She's never she's done stand up. No, no. I thought she was good. one of those kind of freakish, you know, like She could she, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So who gave her that tagline? I gave her the tagline and uh and and Rich and Rich Blomquist and my husband and Kurt wrote a lot of her jokes. Uh-huh. Most of her jokes, yeah. Now she was great. She was great. Yeah, she was really Yeah, good. I like that. That whole second half is very it's jarring and it's jarring in that way that 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 type of comedy is supposed to be. I I liked it. Good, yeah. yeah. I, and you and a few, and maybe like you know, a hundred other people. But that's like, <laughs> I didn't mean to alienate all the people. But, but you knew. Well, I knew it. Uh, yeah, I knew it would not be. Uh, uh, yeah. So, but you know, people could hate the special if it was basic stand up. So it's like they're gonna hate on it no, no matter what. And they're on, gonna love it no matter well, what. Well, people so. online are generally haters. I know, but that's the only like connection. <laughs> that's the only thing you have, isn't it? No. No, really? You gotta just go out and take a poll? <clears throat> I don't, I, you know, I think that the people that support you when, you know, when they feel uh, compelled will, will email you and, uh, <laughs> and they, you <laughs> that, know. That's okay. I don't need that. <laughs> I feel, I feel good about it and I'm glad I got, I got to talk about it with you. Well, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad we could get together. I think we had a nice talk. I do too. I feel less. I'm, you know, you're very disarming. So, I am. Yeah. My eyes watering because I use this lotion on my face. It has sunblock in it. And I'll rub my eye, and now it's watering. I'm not crying because you're leaving. Yeah, you are. Okay. <laughs> That's it, my friends. Wasn't Kristen amazing? Isn't she a sweetheart? Isn't she hilarious? Yes. Answer, check, 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 yes. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF pod needs. Get that premium app. Get all the episodes. Come Monday, you'll be able to get 350 that you can't get for free. Unless you're one of those assholes who finds things for free and justifies it. Rationalizes it. Says, you know, I can't get it otherwise. I get it. I get it. All right, I got to go to Buffalo. Um, I got to pack. Got to take my the pants are a little big to be comfortable. You know, I'm not complaining. I know some of you are like, shut up, you're not fat. But, with the, you know, what do you know about me and what I consider fat? Boomer lives. <laughs>